Hey there, toppers. I promise I'll keep this short and sweet, but I do gotta pay the bills. If you go to my website, turnofphrases.com, you'll see the fine folks who help bring you this podcast. My sponsors are Audible, Boss Boxes, and Amazon. If you go to the Support the Podcast page on my website, you'll be able to see the offers I have available to you as a listener of Turn of Phrases. Some of the offers change frequently, so make sure you check back from time to time to see if there's something that'll float your boat. And with that, to keep my promise, I'm going to end this ad and get on with the show. Please listen carefully. Greetings, my dear toppers, and welcome to episode 20 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. If you've come back for more, then I'm glad you're still here. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome. 20 episodes in, and I'm still somewhat making this whole podcasting thing up as I go, but I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Since yesterday was daylight savings time, if you're listening to this the day it dropped, I thought we'd do a time theme today. So grab some caffeine to help with that lost hour of sleep, and let's clock in to find out today's phrases, origins, history, and more. The first idiom of the day is, Rome wasn't built in a day. The meaning for this saying is that doing things right takes time, and you can't expect instant results from things that take a lot of effort. This phrase got its start in France, not Rome, where the expression was introduced to the world by a cleric from the court of Philippe of Alès in the late 12th century. The badly spoken by me French phrase was, quote, Rome n'est pas fait et un jour, end quote. Taking away the fact that I just butchered that, the translation is Rome was not made all in one day. I really should have paid better attention in my high school French class. Oh well. Anyway, it took about three centuries for the phrase to show up in English usage, where we first see it in Richard Taverner's translation of Erasmus' adages. We've talked about Taverner before in episode 12. He's most well known for his Bible translations. Anyway, in this translation, he put the following on paper, quote, Rome was not built in one day, end quote. Within a year or so of that, around 1538, our buddy John Haywood, who we've heard about a few times, put the phrase in a compilation I've also mentioned, a dialogue containing the number and effect of all the proverbs in the English tongue. His version was, quote, Rome was not built on a day, quoth he, and yet stood till it was finished, end quote. And with that, let's move on. The next phrase for the day is a stitch in time saves nine. This one means that fixing a small problem when it starts keeps it from becoming a bigger problem in the future. The origin for this idiom is also France. Old-timey French folks must have been big into timeliness. Anyway, it can be traced back to the early 18th century, but since that's when it's just first recorded, it's likely older. It was a sailing term and not a happy one. When the people of the past would bury someone at sea, they'd put them in a sack along with nine pounds of shot to weigh it down. Once the bag was sewed up, the final stitch was put through a body part, ensuring that the bag wouldn't come open, which would be a waste of the nine pounds of shot. The first recorded usage I mentioned a moment ago is attributed to Thomas Fuller, an English churchman and historian. The work was published posthumously in 1732 because Fuller died in 1661. The work was called Nomoglia 
adages and proverbs, wise sentences and witty sayings, ancient and modern, foreign and British. In this work, he included the quote, a stitch in time may save nine, end quote. And that's really all there is for that one, so it's now time for our next phrase of the day, the early bird catches the worm. This idiom typically means that doing something in a timely manner makes you more likely to succeed, though some people use it to mean that preparation and planning will pay off with success at getting what you want. This one, like the last two, can also be traced back to France, but it didn't start there. A Latin version, which has never been attributed to a specific person, is as follows. And just a side note, if you thought my French was bad, well, I'm sorry for what I'm about to try to say. <laughs> quote, Aurora misu amica ace. End quote. This roughly translates to Dawn is a friend of the muses. Even though we don't know who said it, I'm guessing they were a morning person. The French version, which roughly translates to the future belongs to those who rise early, is, quote, L'avenir appartient à ceux qui c'est l'avantois, end quote. Okay, I'm sorry, that one was extra bad. I'm giving up on French for the rest of this episode. But on another note, where are all the old-timey night owls at? Everyone's getting up early. Anyway, the first known use in English print can be found in 1670 in a collection of English proverbs by John Ray an English naturalist. He used the version, quote, the early bird catcheth the worm, end quote. So it was pretty much the same as our modern day version. And while that was the first known use in English, it wasn't the first known use of the idiom in print. A Dutch theologian, Desiderius Erasmus Rotterdamus, used it in 1513 in a book called De Ration Studia Epistola. Since it was used in another language in 1513 and was in a book of Proverbs in 1670, it's not hard to imagine this idiom being quite old. As a bonus, this idiom has an extension that some people use these days, which is the second mouse gets the cheese. The idea behind this is basically that while the first bird does get the worm, the first mouse at a mousetrap will most likely be killed, so the second mouse is the one who will get the cheese. This extension of the idiom, which is often used comically, first appeared in 1994 in a message in a news group called alt.buddha.short.fat.guy on the Usenet discussion system. The full original message stated, quote, Blessed is the second mouse, for he shall inherit the cheese. End quote. And now, before I make myself hungry, let's move on to today's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. The metaphor for today is time is money, which means that a person's time is valuable, perhaps as much so as currency. This metaphor's origin can be traced all the way back to around 430 BC to Antiphon, an orator. I bet he could say a lot of this stuff way better than I can. He wrote, quote, The most costly outlay is time. End quote. It's used in various versions from that point forward, but the most famous print use after that brings us back to Benjamin Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanacs. In 1748, Benny Boy wrote the following adage, quote, Remember that time is money. He that idly loses five shillings worth of time loses five shillings, and might as prudently throw five shillings into the sea. End quote. Like most of the musings he wrote down, Franklin is often thought to be the man who came up with this saying. But since he wasn't alive in 430 BC, I don't think he gets to claim this one either. Sorry, Benny. 
maybe next time. And with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Okay, toppers, I've got the book here opened to a page on Miguel de Cervantes, who wrote Don Quixote. The way it's labeled in the book, I'm not 100% sure if this is from Don Quixote or something that Cervantes just wrote. But anyway, it says, Required in every good lover, the whole alphabet. Agreeable, bountiful, constant, dutiful, easy, faithful, gallant, honorable, ingenious, kind, loyal, mild, noble, officious, prudent, quiet, rich, secret, true, valiant, wise, young, and zealous. Hmm. He left out a letter or two, but... Okay, I guess that's his recipe for the perfect lover. Thanks, Cervantes, for that list. <laughs> okay, and that's going to be it for today's familiar quotation. All right then, toppers, that's all I've got for episode 20. Thank you again for joining me to turn some phrases today. As always, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. You can check out my show notes for all of my social media, contact information, and sponsor information. Don't forget that you can send me topic suggestions, just let me know if you want a shout out or if you want to remain anonymous. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a review. A 5-star rating and a quick review are really the best way you can help me and the podcast out. Also, if you know someone who you think would enjoy this show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, don't get too much time on your hands. <laughs>